Hello, and thank you for tuning to Fire and Rain Ministries, where fire purges and rain washes. Today, we have an exciting word to share with you from Apostle Allison J. Cross, and we know that you will be encouraged by what you hear. So sit back and relax, and remember, she has a word for you from the Word. God bless everyone and thank you for coming in. I am Apostle Allison J. Cross of Fire and Rain Ministries. And tonight I want to talk to you a little bit about overcoming uh, the flesh, killing the flesh. And that is definitely something that we need to do. We need to kill the flesh every day because if we don't, it will literally take over and destroy us. Um, so we want to talk about tonight presenting your body as a living sacrifice, okay? Um, the scripture we're going to be using is Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, and I'm going to read that. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. Now, one of the things that we know, we want to present our bodies to God as a living sacrifice. We have to do that. How many of us don't have a problem with showing up on time for work or submitting to our employer? And when they say be to work on time, we're the work. We get there on time. Why? Because we want to keep that job, right? So what do we do? We submit to our employer's wishes. We submit to what that um, we submit to what the policy book says, lest we not have a job. So we really have to um, look at that and say, Lord, I can submit to my employer. I can make sure that I am at work on time when I'm supposed to be there. But am I submitting to God? It says again, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies as a living sacrifice wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, when we're working for someone, our reasonable service may be showing up on time according to what they require. And so we really have to pay attention to that. Now, when we must present ourselves to God, we do that as you know, our own will, our own free volition. And in the Old Testament, now check this out, in the Old Testament, when a sacrifice was made, the person who offered it had no further control over that sacrifice because what did they do? They put that sacrifice on the altar and it was totally given to the Lord. It's, you know, and when we present our bodies as a living sacrifice to the Lord, which is our reasonable service, we no longer own ourselves. We no longer own ourselves. We be, we are submitted and committed totally unto the Lord. And we, in, when we submit and commit ourselves totally unto the Lord as a, as a living sacrifice, we are changed. We are renewed in our mind. And if our mind is not renewed, Houston, we have a problem. What causes a person's mind not to be renewed? What that is, is we're not spending time in the word. We're not praying enough. 
We're not sitting before the Lord. We're letting everything else take over control except the Lord. Now, when you look at 1 Peter 4, go there. 1 Peter 4, verses 1 and 2. Let's look at that. And it says, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. And this is where God is literally trying to get us, that we no longer live in the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, and, you know, all those things, the, the, the lust, you know, of what you see, what you want, what you hear, what you feel, what you taste. Those are things that our bodies want. We see something, we want it. Ladies, you know, like myself, I see some, a, a new handbag. I might want to go get that bad handbag. And so we really have to look at those things. We really have to look at those things. Amen. And are we lusting after them? You know, we may have 10 handbags in our closet and we may need like 10 more, <laughs> but we don't want to, we don't want to do that. Okay. Now we also, we want to develop the proper attitude towards our flesh and we're told that we should even hate it says hate even this is Jude chapter 23 hate even the garment spotted by flesh now think about that number one we want to understand that the lust of the flesh is not of the father but of this world the lust of the flesh the lust of the eyes and the pride of life that's something that we really have to look at. We have to look at those things. Now, if you look at 1 John 2, 16, let's read that. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of this world. So if we're going to kill the flesh, we have to make sure that we're not grasping after the things of the world, it's okay to have things, but if those things have us, then it's going to be a problem. We shouldn't have any confidence in our flesh. Why? Philippians 3, 3 says, have no confidence in the flesh. Let's go there and um, let's read that one moment. Philippians 3, 3. Let me go there. Come on, come on. Philippians 3, 3, here it is. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ and have no confidence in the flesh. So we are the when we talked about we of the circumcision, it literally means that we have been crucified with Christ. The flesh has been cut off, and we're not putting any confidence in our flesh because we already know where that gets us. It gets us in a whole lot of trouble. If you look at you know another thing that we have to understand is that life in the flesh brings corruption. It literally brings corruption, while life in the spirit brings life. If you look at Galatians 6, 8, it says, for he that soweth to his flesh of the flesh reap corruption, 
So there's no good thing in our flesh and it only reaps corruption. But he that soweth to the spirit shall of the spirit reap everlasting life. That's an awesome scripture. So I know that if I'm, if I'm living in the flesh, I'm going to reap corruption. If I'm living in the spirit, I'm going to reap everlasting life. And we also realize that we don't have to be in bondage to the flesh. People of God, you don't have to be in bondage to the flesh at all. In times past, we were in bondage to the, uh, to the flesh because we were sinners. And you know, it's so wonderful, that scripture that talks about while we were yet sinners, Christ died. So there was nothing that we could do in and of ourselves to make ourselves good enough or anything. He did it because he loved us with a never-ending love. Amen. Look at Romans 7, verses 5 and 6. Let's read that. Among whom also we all had our conversations in time past in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. We were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. I'm sorry, that was Ephesians 2, 3. And then Romans 7, 5 and 6 says, For we were in the flesh the motions of sin, which were by the law did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now we are delivered from the law that being dead, wherein we were held that we should serve the newness of, in the, of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter, the letter killeth the spirit makes alive. So now we're not no longer serving our flesh. We're not doing what we want to do, we have been found in him and we're doing what God will have us to do. Amen. We're doing what we would have us to do. One of the things that we have to do as Christians, we literally have to train our flesh to obey because our flesh wants what it wants. It's not going to just follow the spirit of God. It's going to do what it wants to do. And we have to train it to obey. Amen. We train it to obey. When you look into when you look at like the military, they train their soldiers to obey. They come in there. You might get some soldiers coming there high minded. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm going to do what I do. And, you know, nobody's going to tell me what to do. By the time they come up out of a boot camp and training that every time that uh, commander barks an order, they literally jump to attention and they do what they're supposed to do. That's what we have to do with our flesh. We have to train our flesh to obey all orders from the Lord. Amen. When you look at the military, they go through basic training. They learn the rules of warfare. They learn, you know, the tactical stuff that they have to learn. And that's what our Bible is for. Our Bible is our weapon of warfare. It's the sword of the spirit, the word of God. And it literally teaches us how to wage war effectively against the enemy. Okay. So we have to train our flesh to obey. We have to learn God's rules. We have to train uh, through the, you know, we're going to go through trials. We're going to go through tribulations. The Bible talks about the fact that Jesus uh, learned obedience through the things that he suffered. So he went through. We're going to go through. It's not going to be peaches and cream. It's not going to be a bed of roses. We are in a literal warfare right now. We're in literally war. When you look at 1 Peter 4.12, it says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. 
Now that's really that's really interesting because he says, think it not strange, okay? Think it not strange that concerning fiery trials, which try you, that means that we're gonna get into some stuff, we're gonna be in some warfare. <clears throat> People are not gonna understand us, and that's okay. Some fiery trials are could be situations with people, circumstances. It could be somebody lying on you, somebody, you know, telling a half truth, getting into, you know, stuff like that. It could be a fiery trial of your faith. It could be a fiery trial of a friendship. It could be a fiery trial of just about anything. But the Bible says, don't trip. And I'm paraphrasing. Think it not strange when some, when these strange things happen to you, it's going to happen. But we have to be steadfast. We have to be unmovable. We have to be always abounding in the work of the Lord and not, you know, moving, going to and fro after every wind of doctrine. We can't be bouncing around. We have to be steadfast and unmovable no matter what we go through. We have to be so confident that the Lord has our back that we're not going to be moved. Job 1.12 says, and the Lord said unto Satan, behold, all that he has is in thy power. Now, when we see here that Job went through, you know the story. He lost his kids. You know, he, he lost his health. He lost his wife, told him to curse God and die. It was a situation. He went through. But God allowed the enemy to buffet Job because Job was upright before the Lord and he would not allow him to kill him, but he went through. In this world, men and women of God, we are going to go through, but it's how you go through, you'll go through. It's how you get through, you'll go through, <laughs> because we're going to go through things. Well, you know, people are going to, you know, lie on us. Things are going to be said. Health may, you know, be not so great at that moment. But we have to stand on the word that says, by Jesus Christ, I am already healed, well, and whole, and no weapon formed against me is ever going to be able to prosper. Amen? So in the natural world, when you look at soldiers, they have, you know, right and wrong responses. And as soldiers of, you know, of, of, the, uh, of the cross, we have right and wrong responses. We're going to either say, yes, Lord. Or I don't want to do that, you know, and, and we have to really be careful of, of that. When you look at Hebrews 5, 12, I'm sorry, 5, 13 and 14, it says, for everyone that uses milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. For the strong meat belonging to them that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Now, when we look at this scripture, it's very, very interesting because it says, for everyone that uses milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. The Bible says, suffer not a novice to teach, but yet we have a lot of people getting saved, and two weeks later, they're in a pulpit somewhere preaching. They, they really are. And we have to be really careful of that because the Bible said you don't, you don't want a novice teaching. You don't want a babe teaching. Why is that? It's because they're babes, <laughs> no experience, no knowledge of the word, you know, no experience. 
you wouldn't give your newborn baby or even a, a toddler sit them behind the wheel of your car and say oh here you're old enough to drive they would tear up creation they would tear up everything and so just like it is with a a babe in christ you don't allow them teaching and leading people because they're not ready one of the things that will happen to a person if you uh, release them too soon if they release themselves or they don't want to sit under someone and they want to release themselves into ministry or whatever they'll get out there and they'll get um, high-minded they'll get full of pride they'll be puffed up and then they'll begin to birth a bunch of prideful puffed up people remember in uh um numbers chapter 16 that whole situation with Korah, dathan and abiram how they literally um tried to overthrow moses and in doing so you know the whole story they end up dead they end up in a situation because they were prideful they were puffed up and they wanted to do what they wanted to do they wanted the priesthood you know they were telling moses you know we're holy too the people are holy too no they weren't because if you go back a few chapters you'll see that they were doing some of everything and it was not holy what they were doing and so we have to be careful and we have to say you know lord i want to be exactly where you would have me to be at any given time so if you're a baby in christ grow give your time to get experience give yourself some time to get knowledge give yourself some time to sit under wise leadership and get some wise counsel before you go running out there into ministry and with a, a couple of scriptures under your belt and begin to hama 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 and profiling the people houses cars and land which you know houses and cars and land it's not a bad thing the bad thing is when people begin to prophesy and that's all they prophesy they never talk about um relationship with god and never talk about integrity they never talk about loyalty and things of that nature you have to have balance in ministry as a leader that the only thing you're doing is screaming and hollering and running and prophesying to people you are out of balance there has to be some teaching because if there's no teaching what you'll end up doing is gathering a bunch of people that are purely following you for a word from the lord i would submit to you direct everybody who is a uh prophetic junkie to the word and tell them to get in the word and get their word amen get in the word and get your word okay and so it goes on to say that strong meat for strong meat belongs to them that are of full age. And when it talks about full age, it's talking about a person that is mature in the things of God, mature in the word, mature in, you know, your walk with God. You have experience. You're not a novice. Strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, even those by reason of use of their senses exercise to discern. Oh, my God that right there is a mouthful have you had your senses exercised to discern both good and evil that's the gift of uh, discerning of spirits it says having your senses exercised that means have you been using that gift to the point to where now is sharp the only way that that gift is going to be sharpened is if we allow the holy spirit to grow in us 
to grow in us. We have to have him in us. We can't go around just giving a word based on what we see. A lot of people will prophesy to someone based on what they see on the outside. I've been in many services where people have seen someone come into the building. They may look like, you know, tattered jogging pants or a t-shirt, not looking um, like they're coming to church, not in church attire. So I was sitting in the service one time and, well, no, this is a different one. I'm going I'm to tell about the one I was sitting in. The, uh, a young lady told me, I'll tell you this one, this one. Yeah, I'll tell you this one. A young lady said she had just gotten off from work and she was not dressed in church attire. And she came up and she was sitting up near the front with her friend that had invited her. And it was like a, she got off from work around noon. She worked third shift and a half of a first. And so she went to the church because she wanted to hear this prophet speak. She came in, she had a little, you know, hat on, baseball hat or whatever. And, you know, her jogging pants or whatever, whatever she had on, it was work attire. It was not church attire, but it, uh, mostly everyone else in there was, you know, dressed up for church or what have you. Um, but she came in there, she was basically in her street clothes. So the prophet that was there called her out, told her, <laughs> you've been going through a lot. I see you've been going through a lot and you can just, you can barely make it, but God doesn't, you know, all of this stuff. And he was literally prophesying to her based on what his, her outer appearance he was not ministering to her spirit. He was ministering to her based on the way she looked. That's one of the things where if you are a babe in Christ and you're on milk, you are unskilled. You're unskilled and you'll begin to do that. And I often sit back and I watch people as they minister to other people. Are, are they ministering out of the spirit of God or are they ministering about what they know or what they think they perceive? From the outer appearance. That's something that we have to really, really, really be careful about. We don't want to go off the outer appearance. Somebody could be dressed up in a, a, a $9,000 suit and then are you going to go and prophesy to them, oh, wealth and riches are in your house and oh, I see uh, that, you know, God has blessed you. Come on now. This, this man has on a $9,000 suit and the baddest shoes I've ever seen. And you're going to sit up there and prophesy to him wealth and riches where it could be he may be feeling on the inside that he is spiritually desolate and needs God. But because of the way people look and appear, some people will go, prophets will go and prophesy to that person based on their look. And I'm going to tell you right now, stop doing that. If you're doing it, stop doing that and get before the Lord and ask him to sharpen your gift of discerning of spirit so that when you begin to minister to people, it would be from the spirit of the Lord. Amen. It'll be from the spirit of the Lord. Okay. And so we must teach our bodies, our flesh to obey the word of God. We don't conquer our flesh by giving into it. We have to take action. When you look at uh, 1 Peter 2.11, it says, abstain from fleshly lust, 
which war against the soul. So we are in a battle. We are in a war and the enemy wants our soul. And God is saying, abstain from fleshly lust. That doesn't just have to be sex. It could be anything that's contrary to the word of God. It could be overeating. It could be sex. It could be too much TV. It could be, you know, doing anything to an excess is lust. Oh, I just got to have it. I just got to have this. Or I just got to. The only thing we got to have is Jesus. Amen. So we want to abstain from fleshly lust, things that war against the soul. Second Corinthians 7, 1 says, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. I'm going to say that again. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness. It didn't say leave a couple of them on the table. It didn't say, you know, half of them. It says all filthiness of the lust of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. How do we perfect holiness? We stay in the word. We deny the, the things of the flesh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the um, eyes and the pride of life. We deny ourselves. We tell our flesh, you're not getting that. You may be out to eat and there's two pieces of pie on the table. Flesh, you only get one piece of pie. One. When your flesh may say, I want both of them pieces of pie. <laughs> nope. Only one. Only one. So we have to train our flesh to obey. We may not want to get up at five o'clock in the morning and pray. But if the Holy Spirit is prompting us to get up at five o'clock in the morning and pray, what do we have to do? We have to do that, right? We have to do that. Amen. We want to get up and pray as he leads. Our flesh wants to stay in the bed probably because, you know, we went to bed too late. <laughs> I'm guilty. But we still have to obey God and get up, right? Amen. All right. Last scripture. Romans 13, 14. And it says, put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, make not provisions for the flesh. In other words, I am not going to make provisions for the flesh. I am not going to um, put myself in situations where I know I'll be tempted beyond measure and may fall. You don't want to do that. But we want to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, put on that whole armor. We talked about the armor of God and we want to put on that whole armor and we want to leave it on. Amen. We want to leave on that armor of God and we want to put off the old man. The old man, Paul refers to as that flesh nature. He says the old man and Ephesians 4, 22 through 24. And we're going to wrap it up with this scripture that ye put off concerning the former conversations of the old man that's loaded put off the former conversation of the old man put off concerning the former conversation of the old man which is a corrupt according to the deceitful lust strong delusions is what that means deceitful lust are strong delusions and be renewed in the spirit of your mind 
Hmm. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Well, how do I do that when everything is crashing and burning? The world is going haywire. Get in the word. Get in the presence of God. And it goes on to say, and that ye put on the new man, which is after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now, you know, the one thing I'm going to back up and say about that scripture that I really like is, it says that you put off concerning the former conversations of the old man. How do we do that? How do we put off former conversations of the old man? We literally stop talking. Stop talking. That's how we put off conver, uh, put off concerning the former conversations of the old man. Because if you think about it, the former conversations of the old man those conversations were not holy. They were not pure. They were not uh, of good report. They were not clean. They were not um, what sort of things are lovely. They were not. And God is saying, put them off. Stop talking about the conversations of the old man, all that gossiping and, and, and backbiting and slander and all of that foolishness. The Bible says, put it off. That's part of the old nature that we are supposed to be renewed from. But if we don't get renewed from the old stuff, it's going to be a situation. So we want to put that off. You know, we want to put off the old man. So I'm going to stop right there. This is going to be part one of our mini series talking about the flesh, killing the flesh. And we're going to come back um, next week with another uh, series, part of the three part series about killing the flesh. And I hope you enjoyed this mini teaching. You know, God is doing a great work in your life. Continue to allow him to do what he needs to do in your life. Amen. And put off the old things. Get rid of stuff. Get rid of people. Anything and anybody that's coming up in your life that is causing you to fall off, so to say, so to speak, or stray away or whatever, we want to get rid of that. We want to get rid of them. Not because they are maybe mean people, but if they are not, if you're not pulling them to Christ, and they're pulling you in the wrong direction. You need to get rid of them quick, fast, and in a hurry, okay? So God bless everyone. Thank you for coming in. Again, I'm a Apostle Allison J. Cross, founder of Fire Rain Ministries, as well as the Fivefold Network. And we are so excited to have you here. Now, one thing I want to mention to you, if you would like your ministry on the Fivefold Network, give me a call. You can call me at, let me get the number for you. 252-764-5685, okay? Um, the five-fold network, what that is, is we have, I established the five-fold network for five-fold leaders to give them a platform to get the word out, what God has given them individually, okay? We're on, we're got, we're on Roku, the Fire Stick, we're on Apple TV, 24-7, um, broadcast around the world. We're bringing on some tele local television stations uh, in uh, Carborough, uh, Chapel Hill, in Durham, North Carolina, and we're spreading out. We're also uh, on, you have your broadcast on Apple, what is that, iTunes. Yeah, you'll be on iTunes under the FIFO Network app. You'll be on Google Play. You'll be on uh, Facebook, uh, YouTube, um, Cross.tv, which is an amazing platform. So you have many, many platforms that you will be able to uh, broadcast what God has given you. Now, I'm going to tell you, 
I vet everyone that comes onto the network, on the five-fold network. I vet you. I vet, I look at your teachings. I look at your doctrine because if you're teaching heresy, if you are teaching uh, erroneously, you're not going to be on the five-fold network. But there's a lot of good people out there who I want to see get exposure around the world. Right now we're broadcasting. We have a lot of listeners in Brazil, um, Antigua, um, and the United States. And as we grow, it's going to be even more so. So I bless God for you. I thank God for your life and, you know, be encouraged and continue to do what God has called you to do. And we want to see you on the five phone network. God bless you. Wasn't that an awesome teaching? We look forward to you tuning in each week for more teachings from Apostle Allison J. Cross, founder of Fire and Rain Ministries. You can follow us on Facebook, Roku, The Fire Stick, Apple TV, iTunes, and more under the Fivefold Network. To contact the ministry, you can reach us at 252-764-5685 or email us at ApostleAJCross at gmail.com. God bless you and see you next time.